0: And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you.
0: to Baseball Barbecast, the only baseball podcast in the world that knows the secret
1: to how to get Jordan Alvarez out. Jordan, do you want to know what it is? I would love to know. Why why are you only telling me this now? This would have been extremely useful information (laughs) earlier in the week. The key is to do your best and to
0: believe in yourself. And if you do that, you should be able to get him out.
1: Oh, oh, thanks. 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 You know who we should tell that to? We should tell that to um, Hall of Fame pitcher Pedro Martinez, who gave us a great tweet following this game. You know, these games have been on TVS and Pedro just tweeted. Now, this is Pedro's a great example of a, of a Twitter account where it's like, is this really Pedro tweeting? I'm not totally sure. I th- I think it is. I think it is. But sometimes it's just like, oh, eh, we'll see. Shortly after uh, the Mariners L tonight. Where is the analytics department? Jordan Alvarez is not the guy we should allow to beat us. Don't pitch to the best left-handed hitter in the game. Hashtag ALDS. Hashtag MLB on TVS. Hashtag Mariners. Hashtag Astros. Pedro making some good points. And he's tossing up hashtags so you know you can trust
0: him. We'll get to Mariners-Astros game two a little bit later. Uh, We are recording this podcast on Thursday evening. Yankees-Guardians has been rained out. I can confirm looking outside my window. It's wet here.
1: Yeah, so the rain the rain did happen. Um, now I, I understand you will be uh, pivoting to Philadelphia uh, tomorrow for your uh, in person coverage. But we were always planning to to podcast this week after or on Thursday night. We were hoping uh, that that adjustment from our normal Thursday morning schedule would allow us to talk about. Uh, to have all the game twos finished. But of course, the rain has not allowed that, but we are still going to record tonight because of our schedule. And so we have three games to talk about since we last uh, we last spoke uh, during after our four game Tuesday extravaganza. And let's begin in the NL this time, and let's uh, start with the Atlanta Braves evening up the series uh, yesterday with a, a fairly commanding three nothing victory over the Philadelphia Phillies. Jordan, what is your preferred word?
0: to describe a downpour like (laughs) adverb like so this game in atlanta was delayed because it rained for three hours um is there a word it was absolutely something or (laughs) dude it
1: was this there yeah well here 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 Here, i'll give you a couple uh uh people just say like it's pissing out there i love it that's a good one i'm also this is kind of a classic but with the right person um, accent, kind of, I love the. It's just coming down. <laughs> it's just coming down out there. That would. That would. That one makes me smile. What, what about you? I love. It's raining cats and dogs.
0: Which? What? No, it's not.
1: Right. Like
0: <laughs> that is
1: very troubling.
0: And then I also mm-hmm. very much enjoy. It was absolutely dumping. <laughs> Dumping, on, yes, yes. On Wednesday in Atlanta. <laughs> Dumping is great because if I, if, if, if I was like, the sky's
1: got to take a dump. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's that's not, I don't know if that's exactly what you're picturing. And then again, so so w- which best described, you're in New York, the game got rained out. How would you describe what it was today?
0: It was just a constant wetness today. Mm-hmm. It was not,
1: today it, it was not
0: pissing. It wasn't really.
1: torrential, right? It was just, it was persistent.
0: It was persistent. But in Atlanta, it seemed like cats and dogs were tumbling down from the heavens. And as a result, there was like a three hour rain delay, which maybe has an impact. I never know if rain delays impact pitchers, because sometimes it's a big deal. And then sometimes you have what happened on Wednesday, where Kyle Wright and Zach Wheeler were absolutely fine and dominant throughout. Let me say this. John Smoltz getting to say that kyle wright won 21 games on the air was was i'm happy for smoltz
1: that he got to have that moment uh yeah no it's 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 true and listen you you know i'm I'm as big a kyle wright fan as, as you'll find and it was it was very cool to see him just just on his on his shit man i mean he he looked fantastic are you talking about the 21 game winner kyle wright sorry that's his full name now <laughs> just want to dude if I won so twenty-one time. games under any circumstances. That, that's a great example too, right? Is it's like you can't really win 21 games pitching poorly. You can laugh at pitcher wins all you want. Uh, but that's that's it's pretty hard to do.
0: And nowadays when we have no one racking up wins, 20 <laughs> is cool. Like I think yeah. 20 wins is sick now. I totally like agree. five years ago, Brian Kenny yelled at all of us enough for me to believe that it's not wasn't cool. I think it's cool again. I think wins are back. Wins right? are Respect back. Respect
1: the dub. Wins are back. And like, again, it, it, it's it's not a matter of you don't use it to decide that a pitcher will be good forever. But if they do it, if someone wins 21 games, it's pretty pretty baller. So. It's indicative of something. All
0: right, yeah. let's get into the game. Pretty simple, straightforward one. Key moment. Key moment key of the game. Moment Top of the second. Of the game. Yeah. Bryce Harper hits a double down the line to lead off. Moved over to third base by Nick Castellanos. And friend of the show, Alec Bohm. Can't get him in. Grounds out. Harper stays the third. Right. Wriggles out of the inning. Now that doesn't sound very important, but that was Philly's like best opportunity. Like all night long. So yes. that's why I bring it up. Top of the six, still zero zero. Both guys are cruising. Outrageous Dansby Swanson catch. Ranging back with two outs.
1: It it was uh, I, okay. It was the Willie Mays catch, but he didn't have to run as far. <laughs> Yeah, this is a great, I, I'm glad you're, you're bringing this up because the the reality is is we have seen catches that look like Willie Mays many times since Willie Mays, right. But no one has ever run nearly as far. but it, it's good to point it out, right? It, it should not take away from the fact that these catches are still incredible, especially, especially now I don't remember exactly the specifics of this one, but this play is always very dangerous, right? When you have the outfielders coming in, uh, big time. And this, of course, we saw the worst possible version in, in the wild card series in Toronto with what happened to Boba and George Springer. So this is a very dangerous, scary play. Uh, and this one, uh, Dansby did uh, beautifully.
0: Just an outrageous grab. Looking back over his head, somehow tracking the ball, laying out forward. I mean, the best example of this is the Jim Edmonds catch mm-hmm. where he was in center field and he did this when you're diving straight back away like from where the ball's coming. It's just very, very impressive. Skip ahead to bottom of the six, two outs. Acuna gets plunked on the arm. The right arm. good. The so right arm is back elbow. In. Mm-hmm. And he takes a long time to get himself together. Now, I, I'm going to maybe this is a cranky take. Ready? I will, I wish Ronald all the best. I We hate injuries here. There's got to be a time limit. We got to have a time limit Ooh, for is the guy ready take. to go? Because it took, I understand, an injury delay. We want everyone to be healthy. And I'm happy that Ronald got to stay in the game. Yo. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying uh, uh, let me let me back up. There's a limit, right? It, you can't sit there for 30 minutes. Now it was mm-hmm. probably like 5. But this did get me thinking that there if someone gets hurt, you can't just have the trainer out there Forever. for like a half hour.
1: I do I do agree with that. However, Gene Segura was watching this and just tipping his cap. Because watching Gene Segura, <laughs> he's done it with the Phillies, but with the Mariners, there was no one that stayed down longer after mm. like an awkward slide or a hit by pitch than Gene Segura. That dude loves to milk it, and I love respect it. that. But it is a Ronald was not milking it? To no, be no, right. no, 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 for sure. For you know the difference between milking. It, like again, to your point, like he was clearly in a lot of pain. Uh, however, um, I love the quote. Just fast a little bit ahead, but I, I think uh, after the game he was like. I already missed one postseason. You think, I, right. you think I'm coming out of this game? It ain't happening.
0: I think he should have been taken out of the game because when he was running the bases to score the go-ahead run on a play that we will call uh, a Matt Olsen singlish, an errorish, Acuna was barely moving his arm, like he couldn't extend his elbow fully. And so but, when he came back out. The they, next put day, him, they put him back out. And it, I mean, he, he had to have been able slime. to throw
1: if they were gonna if they were gonna put him back in the outfield.
0: If that was Robbie Grossman, no way he's staying out there. That's the important thing. Okay, let's break down this Reese play. Uh, first and second, two outs. A bouncer hit towards our friend Reese
1: Hoskins at first base. And the play was ruled a hit. But I'm Reese, checking the – I mean, listen, 101.3 exit velo Wasn't – it It was a play no. that probably should have been made. No, you're you're phrasing this
0: incorrectly. Okay. That is a play that needs to be made. Needs to be made. Needs yes. to be made if you want to win in October. Yes, those are the plays Correct. that need to be made. I agree. With now, you. we know many things about Reese Hoskins. One of those things that we know is that Reese Hoskins is a bad defensive first baseman. It doesn't mean he's not trying his best, it doesn't mean he doesn't work on it all the time. He's not good at it. I am not good at gymnastics, okay, <laughs> or g- balancing on balance beams or those like tightrope things that people do at the park or. Everyone has it, Oberlin. I don't know. What I'm saying is slack line. You're talking about slack, slack line. line. Thank you, slack line. Reese Hoskins. You take the good and you take the bad. And right now, there's been a lot more bad than there's been good. And that play specifically was just an abysmal defensive effort. And he knows it. And it just sucks that he was a guy in that spot. Now, on the flip side, Philly scores
1: zero runs get yeah, three hits zero runs and again it felt like the the reese play was almost the reverse or kind of the balancing out of the play that Nick Castellanos made uh, in game one where it's like how did he do that and it's like well eventually the Phillies defense will maybe come back to bite them but uh you know again the, the real problem is there then the the inning kind of unravels uh Riley has an infield hit uh, an RBI infield hit and then Darneau uh with another uh, RBI there to make a three nothing but to your point yeah I mean they had three hits couldn't touch right at all. And then Minter, Iglesias, and Jansen close it out. And we are all tied at one. That is where we are. We are. I am going to Philly
0: uh, tomorrow morning early. Looks like game three. Let, let's talk about game three. Because the Phillies are sending Aaron Nola to the mound. And the Braves are sending, oh, Lord only knows. Because Spencer Strider <laughs> has been battling discomfort. And Atlanta does not want to decide between him and... Charlie, Charlie Morton Martin. until the very last moment. And I just love this because there's an article on MLB.com right now with the headline. I think it's three keys to game three and on game one key. Number one is I'm paraphrasing: who will pitch who will pitch for the Braves because Strider was available out of the bullpen in game two and might be limited in game three. No one's really sure. He's thrown a little bit. If he starts I don't think the series gets back to
1: Atlanta. Yeah, I mean the the real it, it seems like they him and Morton will pitch three and four in some order. Um because beyond that, we're looking at either, I guess, a bullpen game or Jake O'Dorizzi, right? That would presumably be the other option. And, and now you know how him, long he takes. <laughs> and we uh wow, that's a good callback. Uh and uh we we you know, that's that's kind of not what the Braves want to do, and that's why they're going to wait to the last possible, possible second to know which of these is ideal in which order. Uh, now, as for the Phillies, they got Aaron Nola, and Aaron Nola is pretty good. So At home, mm-hmm. that crowd was
0: super underwhelming the last time the Braves were there when I came down for that series, and there was a lot of apathy. That will not be the case tomorrow. <laughs> I afternoon. would hope not. I think it's going to be rocking and hectic and just fucking Philly, man. And I... Uh, as someone who dislikes Boston but adores Philadelphia as just like as a place, I'm very excited for what I could see out there tomorrow if they win, yes. especially because it's a four o'clock game, which means I'll be done with work by nine thirty. And if the Phillies win, that means just good <laughs> vibes out on the town. Pretty,
1: pretty lit. Uh, and listen, there's a decent chance by the time you're listening to this, you do know who's pitching for the Braves, but really we're counting on it being Strider or Morton. And then if it's Strider, like Strider is also just like, I mean, on paper, fantastic, but we don't really know exactly what we're going to get from out of him. If you,
0: D, yeah. if you in the future know who is starting for the Braves in game, game three, remember you can email us at baseball. Barbacast at gmail.com. So let us know who's pitching. We don't know right now, and you do in the future. All right, let's move ahead to Los Angeles, where the Padres were trying to even up the series against the Juggernaut Dodgers and postseason icon, sort of. He's an icon at the very least. Clayton Kershaw going up against you, Darvish, who was magnificent in game. One of the wild card round against the Mets. I'm. Just, this was. I texted you, Jordan. This was one of my favorite games I've ever watched, start to finish. It was a ripper. It was a banger. It was just a good freaking ball game. So I'm gonna run through the spark notes of it, and then we could pick out moments to discuss. All right. Sounds good Great. to me. Top of the first, Machado solo shot off of Kershaw. One zero, dads. Bottom of the first, Freddie Freeman solo shot off of Darvish. It was the play where like. He, it looked like he could have robbed it, like he did rob it. Yeah, he Grisham. Didn't know whether right. the ball was in his glove for a while. Um, so tied 1-1. Muncy solo shot bottom two after a missed call on a loopy curveball from Darvish. Catches the zone. Muncy then hits another loopy curveball out over the fence. Bad call. Bad break for Darvish, but we can't be going to the slow curve two times in and at bat. Elevated against Max Muncy. Top of the third, Machado RBI double and a, uh, a sack hit. Infield, ground out, I believe, ties the game up at two. Or sorry, gives the Padres a 3-2 lead. Turner solo shot in the bottom of the third, 3-3. Just going back and forth, trading blows in the early going. Skip ahead, top six. Trey Turner boots a ball at shortstop, which leads to a pro-far RBI single. His fifth RBI of the postseason already puts the Padres up 4-3. Then we have the insane Bruce Star gratterall play where he like Does like the Jose Iglesias bare hand off-balance flip to get the guy at home. And then underrated with two outs, we get an absurd Cody Bellinger catch in center where he's fishtailing every which way before hauling it in to end the inning. Bottom six, Darvish leaves. First and third, nobody out. Robert Suarez, who is he? We'll talk about it. He comes in, strikes out uh, Justin Turner, and then gets Gavin Lux to ground out into a double play to end the inning. All right. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Let's send him back out there. Bases loaded again. And again, he escapes on a Will Smith line-out to center field. Top of the eight, Jake Cronenworth with a solo bomb that to right a, field. That was
1: a rocket. Like, Cronenworth, he can, he's can. he got sneaky juice, like, pull side, man. Like, he really, really does. And that he's was a, easily the most he's pimped one that I Very remember. fun
0: player. Bench going wild, 5-3. to three,
1: Huge,
0: huge insurance run brought to you by insurance company of your choice bottom of the eight there's a bird on the field twitter freaks out any animal gets on the field during the postseason part of me thinks it is a bit and a plant uh i am a skeptic in that way i don't believe in conspiracy theories but when it comes to animals on the field in the postseason i do they wrangle the duck hater comes on wow, to get four wow you're outs. hating
1: on course cat i know that wasn't the postseason but <laughs> of course you know, I, is a great great example
0: you know i think it was a plant Mm-hmm. Uh, Hater comes in to get four outs for the first time since for a four out save August of 2020 because he did not do it with the Brewers. It's pretty wild. That's, Heard some stories yeah, about that. Talk about later, Jordan. Imagine, yeah, wow. Um, anyway, Hater comes on. Barnes pinch hits, hits one to the track, end of the inning. Bottom of the ninth. Hater, boom, boom, double, two outs, runner around second, gets a line out to end the game, and that was it. San Diego leaves LA with a shocking split, and the juggernaut Dodgers have two games left to save their season. I mean, it's not <laughs> that it's not that yeah. dire yet. Yeah, but, but it was a great win from San Diego. They're playing ball, man. Yeah. They're playing ball.
1: A uh, couple couple side notes here. Looking through the, the box score here, obviously Dodgers lost, but Tommy Canely, who's just on the Dodgers, striking out the side in the ninth. Soto, Machado, Drury, all swinging. Yankees could use that guy, um, uh, but let's 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 talk about Robert Suarez for a second because this is not someone on the Padres that we've really uh, kind of delved into much. Um, yeah, who is he, ahead. Jordan? Tell who me about he? him. So this is uh, a a thirty one year old Venezuelan gentleman who throws a hundred miles an hour. So that you know we've seen those before. Uh, That in and of itself is not the craziest thing in the world, but he made his major league debut this year after, I believe, four seasons in Japan, the last two of which he was essentially the best closer in NPV. Um, Last year uh, for the Hanshin Tigers, a 1-1-6 ERA in 62 innings, 42 saves. And the Padres were like, sure, let's do it. One year, $7 million. Player option, uh, I believe Robert Suarez will be testing the market after this month <laughs> because he has looked uh, fantastic. And listen, A.J. Preller has made all kinds of crazy uh, transactions, but this one is is looking like a one that has paid off big time, and this was by far the biggest stage we've seen Suarez deliver. Two innings there against the Dodgers which is just, just absolutely huge. Um, now, how many pitches did he throw? I would imagine he still he threw 24 pitches. And he also pitched in Game 1, correct? He's been thrown a lot. Yeah, you would imagine he'll be available,
0: though, in Game 3 if needed. It's super interesting going into the series. The bullpen, the bullpens for both of these teams, really, were
1: thought of as the weakness. And so far, they've both been pretty good. Yeah, I mean the, the Dodgers weakness in that we just didn't really know anything. <laughs> sky wouldn't call it a weakness for the Dodgers. Their well, whole pitching staff had the fewest. But it didn't yes, obviously Kimbrell it's the weakest. It's the part of their team yes, where yes. I
0: just like feel the least confident that they will dominate.
1: Sure. I agree. I agree with that. Um and then and, and right, and Trinan, obviously, who was one of the ones who we've gotten used to trusting the most, uh, is the one that gives up the Homer to Cronenworth there. So so as we go to San Diego, which First of all, here's a uh, just big picture point. We're going to bound to have postseason baseball in Seattle, San Diego, and Philadelphia uh, tomorrow or this weekend, and Dude. that is just extremely cool, right? We know San Diego was in the postseason in 2020, but not at home. Um, obviously, Philly and Seattle are not forever. So all those crowns will be fantastic and have different differing levels of energy. Uh, of course, you know we got a split in in San Diego. Uh, and Philadelphia, and of course the Mariners down 2 but still that is just really cool. So I'm looking forward to that. And for San Diego in particular, I am most intrigued about what the crowd looks like, right? Because we have seen these Dodgers and Padres games, even as this rivalry has elevated, uh, it's still basically at least half Dodgers fans every time. And I, look, I know there are some diehard Padres fans out there and and we, like, some some of these are people who really like, like, I'm just really curious. I, I, I'm not, is this not even here to judge whether, if it ends up being all Dodgers fans, like, I'm not going to be mad at them. Like, I just, I don't really know. Like, yeah, exactly.
0: Dake, anyone could buy a ticket and come down. Now I would imagine the Padres would, would do in some way they have found a way to ensure that won't be. It won't be an embarrassment.
1: I I have to imagine that with, you know, obviously giving season ticket holders first dibs and all that stuff, that it won't be too overwhelming. But at the same time, it will create for a very interesting environment. I would imagine that more season ticket
0: holders are going to the game and not selling than you might get, say, in
1: Houston this week. Right, not to hate on
0: Astros fans. It's just like they haven't seen this. This is the first time since two thousand six, right? Well, and
1: also, and also, just like games in the regular season, right? You know, where where you end up maybe not going to the game instead. So, super curious about that. And you know, in terms of the actual like like baseball and the Padres' chances of pulling this off, you know, we got Gonsolin and Snell (laughs) in Game three, and then we go back to Musgrove in Game four. So, I mean, they they got a shot here, man. They got a shot. I think the Padres have a great shot. Blake Snell,
0: who, when he's on, is as good as there is to watch. And when he's off, I would rather watch football. Eh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Sorry. I take <laughs> uh, that back. That's Jake, extreme.
1: has Blake Snell pitched against the Dodgers in any sort of no. big? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, okay. I was just wondering. He was asked about it. Match-ups. He was
0: asked <laughs> about it in the in the one of the press conferences at City Field, and he was like, "Yep, don't know. I don't know what that is. Like, I don't, I can't. Don't remember. I don't remember that."
1: Oh, I was my
0: like, God. "Okay, you yeah. wonderful weirdo."
1: Yeah. So that is obviously a thing that everyone will be mentioning during Game Three a hundred times. Here's um, a question. Yeah. Where is Nick Anderson? Nick Anderson, I believe, tried to come back with the Rays this year, was in Durham, was really hurt, and then he basically was like, yeah, I'm still hurt. I can't help the team. I'm going to go home. That is what I understand to be what happened to Nick Anderson. Again, uh, not that we need to rehash this, but I'll rehash it. Uh, The decision to pull Snell was not crazier than bringing in the most gassed reliever I've ever seen in Nick Anderson. Uh, Still gassed. Nick Anderson was so gassed, he's still gassed. (laughs) Two years later. That said, um, you know, one thing I'm curious about is like, okay, that Dodgers lineup that Snell dominated, if that game did in fact happen, uh, just to remind everybody, because 2020 was both two years ago and 200 years ago, here was the lineup that Snell pitched really well against and then left the game for some reason. Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Muncie, Will Smith, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock, Austin Barnes. So a lot of familiar faces, right? But obviously you swap in Trey Turner, for uh, for Seeger, and uh, you put in this Freddie Freeman fella, uh, who's pretty decent for <laughs> Austin Barnes. Well, Austin Barnes will. I mean, yeah. maybe he's. But yeah. Anyway. So anyway, point is a lot of the same guys, Ooh. but still um, should be interesting. So that'll be fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just super. I'll be I'll be locked into those games, man. I'm super excited to watch the Padres at home. All right. Anything let's, else in that series? No, let's, let's... rip off a Band-Aid. Okay. We will be right <sighs> back here on
0: Baseball cast to talk about the Seattle Mariners' valiant, their second valiant defeat at the hands of the evil ah, Houston Astros. Boo! We'll talk to you in a second. Buck O'Neill dedicated his life to teaching us about the heroes of the Negro Leagues and demonstrating that you could get further in life with love than you could with hate. Now is our opportunity to say thank you to this legendary man. Join the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum as we celebrate Buck's long overdue induction into the National Baseball Hall of Fame by supporting our Thanks a Million Buck campaign. It's an effort to raise at least $1 million by fans donating a buck or more in support of the NLBM. Remember, every buck counts. To donate, visit thanksamillionbuck.com. All right, we're back here on Baseball BarbaCast, and we just did the National League and now because we're we're True cold-blooded Americans, Jordan. We're going to do the American League. Um, Warm-blooded Americans? That might be the phrase. We're Uh, we're cold-blooded. Yeah. Uh,
1: Jake, uh, the Astros won another baseball game today. When, If you listened to our last episode, you heard me kind of grappling in the wake of the Robbie Ray uh, pitches a meatball to Jordan Alvarez who sends a ball to space. Debacle. Um, now, in that game, the Mariners played excellently uh, the whole game, and then at the end, they just it was just total tragedy. Today, uh, in a delightful pitching matchup between Luis Castillo and Framber Valdez, the Mariners did not play quite as well. They did not play poorly, but the offense uh, did not quite show up to the same degree that it has in the first three games of their postseason run. Fromber was fine. He was a mess in the fourth inning when the Mariners took the lead. Uh, but you know, he still got a lot of ground balls, of course, not too much hard contact. It was really more of just a command issue and getting frustrated with the umpire. I, I thought was fine. Um, Castillo was, was awesome again. Like he really was, he hung a slider to Luis Castillo, uh, to he hung a slider to Kyle Tucker who promptly launched it. 43 degree launch angle, uh, almost hit the roof, uh, to, to right field, for, the, for to open up the scoring for Houston. Uh, the Mariners bounce back again with those two runs in the fourth. And then bottom of the sixth. <laughs> two outs, nobody on. Bottom of the sixth, two outs, nobody on. And here comes Jeremy Pena. And Jeremy Pena, of course, in game one is the one who line one into center field before Jordan Alvarez came up and won the baseball game. And this time, Luis Castillo, 98-inch Jeremy Pena. He fights it off. And in an eerily similar situation to the J.P. Crawford batted ball in game two against Toronto, the ball falls in. Thankfully, no horrible collision between Julio and Adam Frazier. Uh, But the ball falls in. Castillo is visibly shook, right? Because he's like, I was so close to not facing Alvarez with a runner on. But, you know, Castillo is as solid as they come. He is La Piedra for a reason. And, you yeah, know, here comes Jordan. Fastball away.
0: <laughs> Good pitch. About like a ball off the black and Jordan fouls it off.
1: Right. Same, that was the first. It was identical to the first pitch that he threw Jordan in this game. He got Jordan out in the first couple at bats. Um, but, yes. He was working away
0: to him. I believe. What was the count? What was the count when, uh, when Sadness came uh, dumping down on the heads of of Seattle fans. Here, it, it was a 0-1 count. Yeah, it was a it was a heater away. Mm-hmm. Jordan fouls it off, and then he just sits on that pitch in that spot again. And <laughs> he knows it's coming. Not because there was a banging, but he just... It was a great example of, like, you think you know a pitch is coming, and you tailor your swing to it. And Jordan just pokes it over the Crawford boxes, opposite field, backside, two run, home run, Place goes wild. Uh the Astros tack on another run in the bottom of the eighth. They win four to two. Now, a couple things, Jordan. You can't score two runs if you're gifted seven walks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. That's the thing. The Astros relievers were not throwing, or Astros pitchers from or two. They did, they, they, and this is the, this is the thing. The Mariners offense this year has been predicated on walks, walks, walks in the, and a big hit or a big Homer. And the, it just didn't come right. I mean, they had a couple tough luck uh, outs. Kelnick pinch hit drives one to the fence. That <laughs> was just like, Oh my God, he does gone. that. And then Frazier, you know, you just mentioned the walks. Ryan Presley comes in for first time pitching in over a week, walks Adam Frazier on four pitches. Okay, here comes J.P. Crawford as the tying run, liner, double play, killer, right? And then Julio ropes a double at 116 miles an hour, and on like the next pitch, so or next at bat, so it was just it just it just didn't quite click. But to your point, you're totally right, right? They they didn't take advantage there of the Astros' walks, um, and and yeah, I mean, but like Houston, and then later, you know, they they finally do walk Alvarez. And, and think, think about that. They walked Alvarez intentionally to get to Bregman who had homered off Munoz in game one, right? Like think about the level of respect to, to boot in that situation, to put a time, another run on second base and scoring position. But I, I can't say I disagree with it, right? I can't say I disagree with it. I'm actually thankful
0: that that happened in the eighth inning because it removes any sort of dumb debate about how to handle Jordan Alvarez and ha- within the context of the Astros. In the sixth inning, Maris pitched to him, and he had a home run. In the eighth inning, Mariners walked him without a base open to put a runner on second, and Alex Bregman came through with a hit. It doesn't matter. It do- it's not one or the other. If you're complaining about one or the other, it doesn't matter. He's They're going to beat you. <laughs> They're really good. They're really good. They're the Astros. This is what they do. Yeah. Like, you aren't going to beat him. So you have to find a way. You're not going to beat him, and you usually won't beat Bregman, and so you have to score more than two runs. If you want to beat the Astros, you have to score more than two runs. Honestly, that's my takeaway. Castillo from this game. Castillo was really good, and Mariners got unlucky, hit a lot of balls hard. Jordan Shusterman. Mm -hmm. And the experience of watching a postseason game like this (laughs) – is very valuable for you. Because unlike the heart-wrenching mayhem of game one, this was a more traditional, let me take your gut and pour it on the floor. Mm-hmm. There are what I call heartbreak dominoes. These little moments throughout the game where you think back and you're like, man, like if Kelnet gets under that ball a little bit more, like, man, if you know Julio's playing two steps in further in center, like, man, like if that ball that... Crawford hit is like six inches higher, like Julio's double gives him a lead. All these little moments, they add up and they hurt your health and
1: they uh, tighten up your blood pressure. Exactly, because honestly, like coming into this and and thinking about what postseason baseball is going to be like watching my favorite team in it, like what I've been surprised by is that I generally haven't been nervous until the very ends of the games, the way with the Robbie Ray thing, the way, the way with the, the comeback in Toronto, like the very, 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 very end. Right. And so, but what, what has happened is like my, my reaction in the moments when those, when the ball doesn't drop, when a ball gets snared, when Kalnick's ball gets caught at the wall, like those just like, Oh, it just sucks so much. It's just like so frustrating, and it creates a
0: sense of neuroticism. Yeah, yeah. which is related to what we talked about with Mets fans—that Mets fan neuroticism, right? Sure. Where something small went wrong, so something big must now go wrong. Right. Right. Ch- and mm-hmm. then that energy is re- that that idea is reinforced when Alex Bregman pushes one through the hole or
1: Yordan. Mm-hmm. You know, hits it a thousand miles an hour backside. That's and just let me, what happened. Let me tell you, when Jordan came up, uh, well, I, okay, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't recording for every at that, but like, I, I was, I, <laughs> when Jordan hit this one, there was a much more of a like, no fucking way, that just happened. Like, I was, <laughs> I, there was much more of an audible uh, shock than the than the walk off in game one. Um, but yeah, no, you're totally right. And and listen, I, I still maintain kind of what I said. You know, after I got to see them clinch, like. This year has all felt like gravy. I mean, of course, there. I see a lot of Mariners fans online that are just kicking themselves. It's like they've played them pretty close, and that's pretty damn good. But like, that's sorry, that's the postseason. It's got service set as much it's like. Look, you're playing a really good team. They get paid to play too. You're not the main. You're not the main character, right? You know, there's another. There's another protagonist on the other side with it. really good uh, baseball players and really, really talented, uh, just guys. So you know, I. It, I, it It's not like I'm not as just sad. It's just it does it does suck. It does suck when you play in these close games. All that said, I am just so thankful for the Mariners fans that are going to get to see a postseason game, even if it is the last game of the season on Saturday. If they end up losing, like I'm just so glad that they did win in that first round against Toronto to to, to give them that opportunity to, to go back home. And obviously, you know whether they can come back in the series, I, I'm certainly not counting on it. Um, but the point is, I, I'm still looking forward to Saturday. I think it'll be cool. And hey, man, George Kirby against against Lance McCullers, who you know who hasn't pitched that much um, this season—only eight starts, none of them were against the Mariners this year. Um, So you know he's still been good. He's you know he's he's Lance. We we know we know how good McCullers is, and he's faced the Mariners plenty, and he's pitched in the postseason plenty. Uh, So you know Astros are still going to be feeling good, but I'm still very much looking forward to Saturday, even if it might be the last game of the season.
0: The Mariners belong here. That was my takeaway. They are not getting embarrassed here. They're (laughs) playing.
1: You know if last year's team, team team, last year's team had fluked their way in. Oh my God. (laughs) It would have been, you know, it would have been very different, but, but totally that's, that's exactly how I feel. It's like, no, like they fit, they, they are, they are a postseason team that belongs in the DS and, and deserves to be competing against the Astros, but the Astros, the Astros for a reason. And now they're one game away from a sixth straight ALCS, which I believe has never been done. Pretty incredible.
0: Uh, very quickly, guardians, Yankees dumped out. Here tonight. We got Bieber and Cortez going tomorrow. I wrote a big thing on Chain Bieber that you can read at foxsports.com. Please read it. I was up till 2:30 writing it. And you can hear that exhaustion in my voice. I am very excited for this game. I think no no one will score
1: at all because the, <laughs> the Guardians can't hit lefties and no one can hit Shane Bieber. I think uh Cleveland will probably benefit. From it being a day game, maybe not as Yankee Stadium, not quite as intimidating um, at one p.m. in the afternoon. Uh, I mean, maybe you know on a Friday, I'm sure it'll still be packed and rocking, obviously. But I think that'll probably help them. So, hey man, I mean, you wrote about like Bieber's—he's—he's he's a real deal man, and he's—he's he's basically all the way back, and that's really exciting. like if you
0: if for Cleveland, it shapes up pretty well because it's like, oh yeah, we just got to leave here with a split, and it's Shane Bieber who is still one of the best ten. 10- pitchers in the world that's what you want right yeah. this is this is there are no easy games in october and so like this is that being said this is like the best chance i think, totally for Cleveland agree to do something weird totally agree. uh any other news you want to get to carlos correa opt out we'll talk about that another some other time duh,
1: <laughs> duh. Um, well carlos correa will get plenty of attention this offseason I, I did have you no see doubt.
0: steph Epstein's jeff lunow piece i have SI. it open them. i have not read I it yet. Have to read it i
1: have not read it yet uh, so I will I will definitely check that out. My man um, is out there in Liga MX. <laughs> he he sure is. <laughs> but thank you all for listening again. You can email us at baseballbarbcast at gmail.com. That's baseball B-A-R-B cast. Uh thank you as always to our producer Chris Tyler for putting this together. And uh we will be back probably next who week. Pro- who knows? But we'll 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 adjust accordingly as we have all off season long. But thank you for listening. And uh and hey, to the- yo leave a, a- note. Leave a note, leave, leave a, review, a, a review, leave a rating. Let us know. And and hey, um, some Here, wait, seasons are probably going to end uh, before we before we, we, we next talk, and uh, we will we will salute them uh, accordingly when we when we next hop on the mic.
0: We did this on our, uh, our old pod, Jordan. But all I want you to do when you leave a review, five stars and a random baseball player <laughs> as the review. Don't even write oh, these guys. Don't are write so word. Nice. Don't tell
1: us why. Just give us a, a nice rating and just a baseball player and that would be delightful it helps it, it does it does uh so thank you for listening and uh we will talk to you again soon bye-bye Serious xm podcasts